We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for that, Nick, as the Thunder lose to the Warriors by a final score of 125 to 136. We are proudly part of the Blue Arrow Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you've done already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, interesting game tonight. The Thunder obviously need a win, a couple of wins perhaps, to get into the play-in. Um, this was a tough one on their like Final Four stretch. We've talked about like the segmented parts of their schedule. Last week was the easy part. Didn't necessarily take care of business, but... Um, Nonetheless, still a great chance to get in, even even after tonight. Um, the Mavs are probably the only team that could overtake the Thunder. The Jazz lost tonight in overtime to the Lakers, which is huge because the Thunder play the Jazz on Thursday. And if the Jazz had won that game, we'd be talking very differently about the Thunder's playing outlooks and um, their chances of making the play-in. So the Jazz lose, which is which is great for their percent chance to make the play-in. But the Mavs are still very much on their heels. Um, although the Thunder own the tiebreaker over the Mavs, you got to think like Kyrie and Luka still have a great chance to potentially have a great finish to the season when, you know, two of the last three games make a run at it. So um, the Thunder do have to take care of business the rest of the way. Tonight was a loss that doesn't put them out of the, the plan picture by any means. But it was a loss that probably hurts Thunder fans. Um, and that's that's my first kind of takeaway of this game is I got texts, DMs, replies to tweets of Thunder fans like pissed off on how this game went at the end. And my perspective on that is... Yes, it was a loss that probably stung if you're a Thunder fan going for the Thunder like the play-in. But the fact that you're 
playing games of consequence down the stretch and the fact that a game on April 4th is a game that you're upset about means that Thunder are ahead of schedule, right? Coming into this season, I think Vegas had the Thunder at like 24 wins. I have to go back and look at the the preseason totals, and we had a whole podcast about it early on. You can go back and listen to that as well. Um, this team is still far exceeded expectations, um, way ahead of schedule. That doesn't make the loss you know, any better, but the fact that it's April 4th and this Thunder team is still, I would say, well-positioned to make the play-in. Like, it's, it's less of a, like, two days ago, three days ago, you'd probably say the Thunder's destiny is in their own hands at this point. It still mostly is, but there's the halfway decent chance the Mavs could overtake them. But nonetheless, like, the fact that Thunder in this position playing games of consequence is significant. So perspective wise, keep that in account. First big takeaway was like Thunder fans watching this game in April with the desire to win, to make the play in is a win in itself. Right? So keep that in mind. There's still two more games left. Thunder could still very easily make the play in, um, could make the playoffs. Like who knows? It's all about getting hot at the right time. This team is struggling of late. I think they've lost five of their last six, but you look two weeks ago and when this team was beating really anybody you put in front of them, like they had a chance to win you even tonight, like we'll get more into this game in a bit, but this was a game. The thunder could have won. Like they took the defending champs who don't have the greatest record are, are probably actually, I think at this point they're probably solidified to not host a first round matchup. Um, but they're still an incredible team and they're, 30 now that I think they're not 33 and eight at home. Like the fact that you're going on the road playing one of the best home teams late in April, not late in April, late in the season in early April just goes to show like the fact that Thunder were, were in this game for a long, long time is pretty impressive. Um, early in the game, I was impressed with the first punch the Thunder threw. the Warriors did not lead until almost 40 minutes into this game. So not only did they throw the first punch, the Thunder kept pushing back as the Warriors pulled back in with the reach. So, um, I mean, really the entire game, it was like the Thunder would pull away. I think their, their biggest lead was by 10. The Thunder would pull away, lead by 10. Warriors would get back within a, a one-possession game. Thunder would push right back, get back up six, seven, eight. Um, and that's, that's a sign of a team that's going to be really, really good at some point, like maybe as early as like next season when check comes back. Plus you add a guy could be a lottery pick, um, likely will be a lottery pick. You think about development, like Sam Presti is very big on the rookies that this team brings in are not going to be the primary drivers of the team making that next step forward. It's about internal development, and they really trust that process. So we've seen that with Shay. Um, we've seen it with Josh. Like We just talked about this on Sunday. Josh has taken a huge step forward. Hadn't been talked about enough, but he has. Um, Isaiah Joe, a guy they pick up. I, I don't know if I'd call that thunder development, but like picking up guys that play really, really, really well in their system is impressive. And so long story short, the fact that they were in this game and led for like 
math live on the pod. 40 out of 48 minutes is impressive against a team that is really, 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 really hard to beat when they're playing at home. Um, it was a loss tonight. It ended up being kind of a bad loss, like the swing of points when you think about the Thunder leading by 10 and then losing by, what was it, 11? Like a 21-point swing is not what you want to see, but especially against the Warriors, a team that are just going to, they're going to knock down threes. I was texting somebody, I think it's probably early fourth quarter, um, that you kind of knew that the Warriors, if they were going to get back in this game, it was going to be from beyond the arc and they were going to hit some dagger threes. And that's what happened, right? Like this, this Warriors team is good. Clay Thompson didn't play tonight, but even then you got Jordan Poole, you got Dante DiVincenzo, you got Steph Curry. These guys are going to make big shots down the stretch. They've been here before coming off a title. Um, bad loss, big picture, but you did see things that were uh, impressive early on and, and for most of the game. So uh, that was second big takeaway is like through the first punch and for the first 40 minutes when the Warriors tried climbing back, the Thunder did push back a bit. Um, Shea was kind of a silencer there for most of the, for most of the, uh, the first three quarters, even into the fourth when the Warriors would claw back into the game. Um, Mark made some comments, was it two weeks ago, when the Thunder played the Suns the first time around, not this most recent Sunday, but the the two Sundays before. Um, because the, the, the West, at that point, only had two teams that had a winning record in the Western Conference on the road. And he was asked, you know, why is it so hard to win on the road in the NBA? And it's because... When you're at home, like the crowd is a le- like a legitimate advantage. You hit a couple big shots. The crowd's behind you. Like it's really easy to make runs, and we saw that tonight in Golden State. The Warriors would make runs. They'd chip away at the lead, and you kept seeing Shea silence the crowd. And we all know, like if, if you're a Thunder fan, if you're tuning into this pod, you've probably seen this plenty of times. SGA is a guy that is a playing at a superstar level. Um, and he silenced that crowd multiple times, like a run killer, a momentum killer, tough shot. He loves getting to that mid range, either pulling up, getting to the free throw line, whatever it might be. Um, he was great in that respect. Like, although he had an awesome game with 32 points on, I think it was like 17 shots, the shots that he made in the second half when the Warriors tried chipping away, all came at the right time. Uh, the fourth quarter late in the game um, didn't get the shots you'd like to see out of Shea, perhaps, but for the majority of the game, like really, really solid stuff from him. Silenced the crowd. And that's that's a that's an underrated piece to have. Like, especially in a playoff series, be it this season, if the Thunder do make the play in, win a couple games, make the playoffs here in a seven game series, more likely next season or two seasons, three seasons from now. It's all about having the best player on the floor and having a guy that can um, shut down those runs on the road. And seeing Shea do that tonight in a game that felt like very, very high consequences. Um, impressive to see. So props to Shea. All season long has been impressive and and more good stuff from him tonight. Um, like I mentioned, Thunder were up 10 lost by 12. So the, the 21 point swing, the second half was bad for the thunder. Like they, 
went off in the first half, had 79 points. Um, it, I don't think it was like the Warriors strapping down on defense that made the difference in the second half. It was more regression to the mean. Like the Thunder just flat out. There's nothing you can do about that. Like when you shoot, I think it was like 60% from the four in the first half and 50 something percent from three. You can't expect that to continue all game long. And it didn't. Um, as such, like when you're only up 10 at half, when you're shooting that well, you've got to play defense. Thunder have really struggled defensively of late. Like even though if you go look at their defensive, like statistics or advanced stats or whatever it might be on the defensive end over the last two or three weeks. It doesn't look as bad as it really has been. Like if you watch these games, the Thunder have had to outscore their opponents in like a shootout style. Hasn't worked out great. That's why they've lost five of their last six. Um, you just got to think if this team makes the play in, defense has got to be a part of it. Like that's what they hung their hat on all season long. Even last year when they weren't good, had a solid defense, like top of the half, top half of the league defense. This season, same thing. Like, I think they were top 10 entering March and more recently it's like kind of fallen off a bit, but you got to have defense. Like that's what, that's what made this team so special when they came out at the flip of the calendar year. Like when 2023 came around, this team like looked completely different. And although a lot of that was because Shea continued to be an MVP candidate, J-Dub starts making this rookie of the year push. Isaiah Joe can just hit threes. Josh Giddy continues to get better. It was also because of the defense, right? Like it, it's a bigger picture thing. Just because these guys are increasing their offensive stats, their assist numbers, their points, their efficiency, you still got to play D. And that was the issue once again tonight. Again, giving up 136. I don't care if you score 125. Like it's, it's just not going to get it done when you give up that many points. Um, so that's kind of my big picture takeaways. Like holistically, I get it. If you're a Thunder fan cheering to make the play in, this is a tough game to watch because now you're a situation where there's two games left. A lot of it hinges on what the Mavs do. Like the Mavs could continue looking bad and go over their last several games, and the Thunder are going to be good regardless. Or Luca and Kyrie, who arguably have the one of the highest ceilings in the Western Conference in terms of duos. Could win a few games here late, and the Thunder could be kicked out of the plan. Um, so you got to win probably one of your next two, and there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that we'll probably cover on um, probably Thursday's pod, depending on what happens in that game. But like Memphis, they're in a situation where they're probably within reach of the number one seed after winning tonight. Um, probably couldn't fall below the two seed they're currently at to three with the Sacramento Kings. Um, so you hope like Sunday, the Grizzlies could be resting their guys. It's the last game of the regular season. Maybe that's an easy one for the Thunder. Even in the, in the NBA, even if the, the Grizzlies rest all their guys, it's not a guaranteed win. So there's a lot of different mm-hmm. scenarios that will play out over the next. It's crazy to say this is, this is Wednesday, April 5th now. So like we are past midnight this Thunder team has Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so like five five days left in the regular season. Um, a lot of things are going to play out. You just have to think this this Utah game on Thursday and the Grizzlies game on Sunday are the two biggest games of the season. We don't know who's going to be playing who. 
We don't know if Utah is going to say after this loss in overtime to the Lakers tonight, we're thrown in the towel or rest. We don't, we don't know that yet. Um, regardless in the NBA, there's no easy wins. You got to go out there. You got to play defense. You got to keep doing what you're doing offensively and get it done. Like this is the youngest team in the NBA. They played really, really well offensively. It comes down to defense. Uh, this game specifically though, I want to step through like the, the flow of the game, what happened uh, like I said, no clay, which was a huge advantage for the Thunder coming into the game. Oklahoma City also didn't uh, have Poku in the active roster. He's still coming back from the the knee injury. And at this point in the season, it's like, will he get integrated back into the regular rotation? I think no. Like he's missed so much time and guys have stepped up and they've got these rotations that work. Um, I would be shocked if like in a play-in series, Poku's playing more than 20 minutes a game. Either way, uh, Thunder start off the game strong. Like, like I said early on, through the first punch, up 4-0 early, 17-9, uh, midway through the first quarter. Their threes are falling. You're playing the Warriors at Chase Center, and you're out shooting them from deep. At that point, you probably think, like, there's no way this continues. But it did for a bit. Um, it was super, like a super fun game. Like, until the very end of this game... In the fourth quarter, this was one of the more fun games we've seen of late. It was back and forth, you know, fun, acrobatic finishes at the rim, three-point shots, like high-level difficulty offense, and shots were just falling. And it was 28-21 uh, late in the first quarter. Teams kept scoring. Um, it was 39-36 at the end of the first, so the Thunder led by three. SGA had 13 in the first quarter. But like the story of the game to that point was the Warriors were a plus 10 in bench points. Um, now, to be honest, that was kind of the story of the night. The Warriors had a ton of production off the bench. From there, going into Q2, um, solid start for the Thunder. They were up five early in the second. Threes continued to fall. I think at that point, like early in the second, the Thunder were 6 of 10. The Warriors were like 10 of 19, 10 of 20. So both teams like like 50% or better from three. It was 60-57 with four minutes left in the first half. Scoring fest continues. There's very little defense played. And at halftime, the Thunder were up 79 to 69. So most games, and by the way, 79 was tied for a Thunder season high for points in the first half. Um the fact that we're only up 10, I think just like continues to hammer home the point of like defense is so critical in this league when you're almost scoring 80 points and a half. Like there's been games, like even recently, that Thunder have struggled to score 100 points. They had basically 80 in the first half of this one and only led by 10. Shea had 21. Uh, Lou had 11. J-Dub had, I think, 14. On the Warriors side, I think Steph had 23, 24 points. Like nobody else in the Warriors had double digits at that point. Like it was kind of the Steph show in the first half. But the Thunder shot 60% from the floor in the first, 57% from deep. And you go in the second half, and if you've ever watched basketball in your life, like the first thing you're thinking going into H2 is this will not continue for either team, frankly. Like even the Warriors scoring 69 in the first half, is a lot of points. Like you're like one of these teams, or maybe both, will regress to the mean, and it's all going to be about defense, turnovers, getting stops, transition buckets, easy layups. And when you go to the second half, this is kind of a theme 
in this game, like the Warriors, although the Thunder threw the first punch and were very, very good at countering throughout the game, the Warriors had really good starts to quarters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. In the third, Jordan pulled it to three to start the, the third quarter. Then it's like a back and forth. It was like a Steph Curry, Isaiah Joe, you know, triple, 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 triple. Um, Warriors got close. Thunder went back up nine points. It was like 86-78 at kind of the midway point in the third. Warriors pulled back within two, 86-84. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 92-91 with four minutes and 44 seconds left. Thunder score five straight to go back up six. So again, they keep countering, keep countering. Um, three minutes left in the third. It's a one-point game. Dario hits a big three. Thunder go back up six. Um, Shea's hitting these really, really impressive shots late in the third. And so the Thunder up four going into the fourth quarter. 106-102. At that point, you probably feel solid. Like a team that's 32-8 and eight coming into this game. The Thunder are leading by four, going into the final frame. From there, like things got a little messy. I, I by no means think this was like the domino that fell, but Dario did have a, a technical foul at the end of the third. And so the Warriors got a free throw. Steph Curry checked in just for that one free throw, checked out after. Um, but he hits the technical free throw. So it's actually a three-point game going into the final frame. Um Early on, like it's 106-105, there's a, a quick Warriors bucket. 
Um, Jordan Poole ties it at 108 early in the fourth. And again, after leading the game for 39 and a half minutes, right around the 40 minute mark, Jordan Poole, and he's the story of the fourth. Like, like you'll get the theme here in a bit if you didn't watch the game. Jordan Poole, it's a three. Warriors go up 113-111. First lead of the entire game. And this is like several minutes into the fourth. And from there, it was just dagger after dagger after dagger by Jordan Poole. Um, it was a tie game with 7.30 left. SGA and Steph are both checking in. So you think it's like 0-0, clean slate. One of these two teams, their superstar is going to ride above. But again, it was Jordan Poole. It stayed a tie game to the 6.30 mark, which is pretty interesting perspective. Like if you didn't watch this game, it was an 11-point loss. Probably could have been way worse. But the fact that it was tied with 6.5 left is kind of bonkers. Um, a quick Steph three, a quick Draymond layup. Mark gets teed up because he's trying to get J-Dub into the game. Steph hits the technical foul. All of a sudden, after being a tie game at 6.30, Thunder down six with six minutes left. If you've watched the Thunder for longer than a couple years, you know how this story goes. When you play the Warriors, it's hard to come back into games because they knock down the biggest threes in the biggest moments, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Um, down six, six minutes left. Down eight with five minutes left. Down 11 with three minutes left. And guess what? That's because Thunder go score a two. Warriors go score a three. Thunder go score a two. Warriors go score a three. And so it's really hard to compete with a team that shoots so well from the outside when you're trading twos for threes, and that's why it's so hard to come back against a team like them. Um, but ultimately... Once they got down by 11 with three minutes left after that big Jordan Poole three-pointer, um, it was over. Like in the fourth quarter at that, at that specific point with three minutes left, I think Jordan Poole had scored 18 points in the fourth quarter and the Thunder had scored 14 as a team, just like put that in perspective and really was downhill from that. This game could have easily been a 20-point loss and the fact that it was an 11-point loss doesn't mean anything because it was backups against backups the rest of the way. Um, but it's such an interesting game where this Thunder team stayed in it, but lost so badly at the end. Again, it was like a 21 point swing that could have been a 30 point swing. When you think about Thunder being up 10 and the Warriors finishing it off strong. Um, from a box score standpoint, just taking a look at some of the guys. Um, that, that played halfway decent tonight. Shea, per usual, gets his, his 30 points. He had 32 on 17 shots, um, on 11 to 17. So efficient, per usual. Took more threes than expected, like didn't take any against the Suns. Um, on Sunday, went 2 of 4 from deep tonight. Jalen Williams, 50% from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3 for 19 points. Josh Giddy had 15, 6, and 5. Lou Dort had 17. He finished, okay, so here's the thing with Lou. He finished 6 of 15 and 0 of 6 from 3. I think it's a bit of like an exaggerated box score, like when you think big picture, because early on, like he was good. Like Lou Dort is very, very efficient at home, very, very inefficient on the road. And through two and a half, three quarters, like he looked like he was at home, like he was comfortable. He was hitting um, big shots, obviously not hitting threes. He was over six, but 
Um, early on in this game, you're like, wow, like Lou is playing at the efficiency level as if he were a paycom center. And when that happens, the Thunder are really hard to beat. And then he missed a bunch of, a bunch of shots on the stretch. Um, 17 points is still impressive, but when it's on 6 of 15 shooting and 0 of 3 from deep, you know, you, you know how that goes. Bench scoring, um, Isaiah Joe had 14. He played very, very well. He got uncontested player of the game only because, not that he was the best player on the floor tonight, but I think that if the Thunder are going to win one of these last two games or even a play-in game or, or a couple of play-in games, Isaiah Joe is a critical piece and he had missed something like 14 straight three-pointers over the past week. And so seeing him go two of three from deep tonight, have 14 points, look confident, that in itself is probably the most important stat line of the entire night. I don't care if I don't care if uh, J Dub scored forty, right? I think Isaiah Joe getting back in a groove is much more important in the short term if this team is going to win games over the next five or six days, and then into next week potentially in the play-in. Aaron Wiggins eleven points off the bench as well, four of eight from the floor. Just as that kind of guy that comes in to spark does the right things, always in the right spot, plays super well, always impressed by him. And then for the Warriors, Steph Curry, 34 points, Jordan Poole, 30, over half of those in the fourth quarter alone. Dante DiVincenzo, 16 points, killed the Thunder early. Um, Moses Moody, like truly an X factor, the uh, former college teammate of Jalen Williams at Arkansas, uh, he had 13 points on five of seven shooting three of five from three. It didn't seem like the greatest stat line, but it was always in the biggest moments, man. Like it was off a free throw miss dunk over Jalen Williams, big time three with someone defending him closely. Like he had a great game, like shout out to Moses Moody. If you're a Warriors fan, you're probably wondering why Moses Moody hadn't played all year. Um, super impressive audition from him to get playoff minutes. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like down the stretch for the Warriors. Um, a couple Twitter questions. I'm going to like consolidate a few because there was like two main themes in the questions. Some of them were like very direct, very harsh, very dark questions. Um, others were more like curiosity questions, but I think they're all along the same lines, like with two main themes. So one that I got multiple times is like, are the Thunder out of the plan? The answer is like, no both from, from a statistical standpoint and from like a real life, watch how this team plays and, and what their schedule looks like standpoint. Um, could they miss the plan? Absolutely. Are they still in a great spot to make the plan? I think also, yes. Um, depending on how the jazz and the Grizzlies look these next two games, who they're playing, what their playoff situation or postseason situation is. Um, it could be an easier road than you think. But we'll see how the center team plays, especially on defense. So to answer the question, no, the Thunder are not out of the plan. The second question that was asked multiple times, um, would you rather have a top 10 pick, a.k.a. missing the plan, or make the plan and get that experience? I think there's probably not a right or a wrong answer. Like either way, there's a there's a benefit in the short term. If you make the play in, I think it it's great momentum for next season. And I think that it's great experience, obviously, like short term. 
longer term, I think you would probably prefer you're not even guaranteed a top 10 pick. If you miss the play and it's like your, your odds are top 10. Um, I think longer term, if we look back a year from today when the Thunder are probably already locked into a playoff spot, you'll say, man, thank goodness the Thunder didn't make the play in and they got the number eight pick and they got this guy instead of having to either draft somebody at 12 or 13 and or consolidate draft capital move up. So there's obviously two sides of the coin. If you ask me, I think long-term for the Thunder, they'd be better off missing the play-in and getting a better pick. That said, they're also not in a position that they need to miss the play-in and get a top 10 pick for their outlook to be more optimistic. So at this point, it's like play your guys, try to make the play-in, enjoy the ride, whatever happens, happens. And you're going to be positive regardless. Um, we're about 30 minutes now, so we'll, we'll wrap up here. The upcoming schedule, I've mentioned it a couple of times. The Jazz on Thursday in Utah is the second to last game. The Grizzlies in Oklahoma City. It's the final game of the regular season. The final home game. It's a 2.30 afternoon tip. That could be electric. Like if, if the... <laughs> If the standings shape up how they probably will, that could be a Sunday 2.30 in OKC in front of the home crowd win and you're in, which would be a lot of fun. Like It would feel like it, it would be the biggest game of the season, quite literally. It would feel like a playoff game, minus the, uh, the T-shirts in the crowd. Um, which would, again, like even if you lose that game... It's great experience. Like I think everybody's argument on on Twitter is like the Thunder need to make the play in to get this experience. These last two weeks have been awesome experience as well. Like this team has struggled because it's high stakes and every team is really good in the NBA. And a lot of these teams are trying to win to position themselves in the playoffs. That game on Sunday could also be massive. And that Sunday game where it's like winning your in versus a play-in game. Like to me, the the experience you gain from either of those is one and the same, which is why I'm kind of in the boat where it's like, whether you make it or you don't, you got great experience, you get a better draft pick, like you're going to be fine regardless. But again, Utah Thursday on the road, Grizzlies Sunday at home, the Thunder are now 38 and 42 still sitting firmly in the 10th seed. Um, the Mavs could overtake them. The ninth seed is probably out of the question. Like we're not going to get a home playoff game for OKCA. It may be mathematically out of the question. I'm not sure on that. I had to look into it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to like dig into the numbers after this game. Um, but if the Thunder do make the play in, it'll be on the road more than likely. Got to win that one. And then go win again on Friday to make the playoffs. Tough road ahead. Nothing's impossible. Wouldn't shock me if the Thunder lost their last two games and missed the play-in. It wouldn't shock me if the Thunder made the play-in and then won a game or two and may have a real shot at the postseason. Um, they had the talent to do it, but it's really, really, really hard to do when you're the youngest team in the league. We'll be back with you on Thursday for the Utah game. I don't have the schedule pulled up just to tell you who's covering that. I think it might be Silva who's covering that one on Thursday. 
And then Sunday will be a group pod. We've got a lot of exciting, um, how do I put this? We'll be podcasting in a change of scenery over the next couple of weeks. I'll put it that way. Um, some awesome stuff that's been presented to us that, that we're going to take advantage of and, and get you guys some unique content as a Thunder potentially take on the play-in. Um, in the meantime, like I said, we'll have you guys Thursday and Sunday. A lot more to come. A lot of directions the team could go. Enjoy the ride. And as always, Thunder up. Thunder up.